Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 15, DM Secrets, Volume 1. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. I am one of your two hosts, Lantern Noir, aka Rob the DM, and I am—I stream two days of the week. I stream uh, Candlekeep Mysteries, and I'm about to start Curse of Strahd for the, I don't know, 17th time since 1980-something. Um, and with me is the amazing... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern, and I... Uh, I play on a masks campaign currently uh play in uh uh a game i'm running on a saturday night that's very tongue-in-cheek beer and pretzels and then i play sunday mornings over at uh, my own channel where we uh do variety streaming and play with toys which is you mean you know what what better way to spend a sunday morning Mm -hmm. I've been I've been flirting with the idea of doing like a and d planning stream somewhere in my week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't want to get pretty to do planning. <laughs> I just want to plan. <laughs> and oh my gosh, Curse of Strahd is kicking my backside. Because back, yeah. okay, back when it came out, when I was in middle school, it was like, here's a castle and here's a village and here's a plot line with a vampire now go kill the vampire Mm -hmm. and now it's like oh wait but you can go here and then you can go here and here's a whole here's like a whole nine sessions of adventures in one city and and i'm I'm like can i cut this can i cut that well if i cut this and i have to cut that and if they ever go here it has references to here 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 and here so i have to make sure i cut some of those references if i don't want the players to go here 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 Here's your IO connection dot, uh, uh, Venn diagram of how characters overlap and what they need to do to intersect with other characters. Oh my gosh, Mm. yes. Mm -hmm. I've been looking, like, I I spent probably probably five or six hours now just trying to wrap my head around all the different relationships that they've put into this. Um, Because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do right by the new publication. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some really fun twists I've planned. Uh, I'm, I'm changing some characters already because I'm like, hmm, I don't see a nine-year-old tagging along with the party, but <laughs> if she was like 12, all right, all right, all In, right. So, uh, my character, uh, became the ward of the character you're talking about when we played it. And, uh... So, yeah, the protector. Uh, okay, guardian to, of. Okay. Yeah, swore to. Okay. You know. Anyway, without any spoilers there. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and yeah, in my head, she was always like twelve. Yeah. You know, nine was a little. Uh, just seemed too young, for the things she could do and and whatnot. And yep. then eventually, someone played her as as a npc guest character oh, fun. and stuff it was a really good it was over on indoors channel and uh wings was running it and um she had rotating guests so i was only in about four sessions of it 
uh, as as like you know this character who would show up and tell them the things that they needed to know, you know, and then zip off and and be gone for several episodes and then show back up with some bits of wisdom. It, it was fun. It was good times. Good awesome. times. So. Well, if you haven't picked up on it yet, uh, Gray and I get together every Tuesday at five o'clock, aka the happy hour, when we get off the clock and we get a chance to get on a bar stool and swap some stories about Dungeons and Dragons um, or any other RPGs we've we've talked about. I think I think we are far enough along in our tenure that we can actually start to say, let's talk about a different RPG this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our cred as D&D, ex- D&D elder statesman has been established. Um, <laughs> but what's been up with you lately with, with the gaming of late? Has there written some fun stories off the graybeard table? So, um, uh, Thursday night, of course, masks, um, it's, you know, you watch the YouTube videos over on indoor adventure. I, I can't do it justice. The, the teen angst and things that's going on is really good. Um, and then of course, uh, I think they're still free right now, but his Patreon, we do, we do a nights in the courtyard, uh, like an after show because I kept telling, I kept telling him over the years, Hey buddy, you know, we sit here and we talk for half an hour, 45 minutes after the show. Anyway, you might as well record that and use that as extra content, you know? And so, so we take questions, you know, questions from the court and we, uh, we answer questions and we, you know, yammer and like, Ooh, it's so good. And this and that, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting playing, playing teens and, going through that mental exercise um you know being late for class or having to get to a job or keeping things a secret you know that's that's all it's all cw teen angst kind of stuff but it's so fun to play when you're you know not (laughs) my age um (laughs) indeed well I'm, i'm thinking back to it's like i don't know how much fun i i don't know how much i appreciated games like teenagers from outer space when i was a teenager mm-hmm. but looking back at it now it's like oh it would be really fun to riff off some of those <laughs> teenage tropes that i was literally living now that i have some distance between me and it and i can look at what an idiot i was uh i got to play um i got to play in a two-part thing with lb um dming kids on bikes where i was i was a i was a punk kid and more and you know go check those episodes out sometime if you want to see that but uh but i uh i did i did the whole um the whole mohawk what what i have a lot of hair on top and usually i have my sides shaved but apocalypse but i took what's up on top and i made it into a mohawk and put on my old army coat and you mm. know it, it punked it up it was it was a lot of fun um so it was good to be you know back in the old skater punk kind of feel uh, for a day or two um i got to play uh in a one shot over on Laugh Love Lindy's channel one time and I got to be I played um what are they called? Oh Whovians, where are you now? Uh the rhinoceros people in Doctor Who. I can't remember what they're called, but the uh that was base the basis of my alien because there you're all teenager 
teenage aliens on a field trip to Earth. And hmm. so I played a, a rhinoceros kid, uh, and that was that was good times <laughs> too. So lots of games out there, people. Check them out. Oh, so many so many things you can do with it. Well, cool. It sounds like you had a, a pretty solid week. Yep. But my Sunday group after um, a few weeks off because one of our players was not feeling well, so we had one week we played um, Sea of Thieves, just the, those of us that were around. And last week, the week before this, we ended up doing a one-shot. So I ran a modified version of Death House from Curse of Strahd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was fun, um, especially watching the like the one player who knew Death House in and out, trying to figure out what I was doing. Uh, we had a chance to finish the campaign last night or last Sunday. Oh, nice. So we started this campaign with book one back in November, mm-hmm. and we have now proceeded through three of the uh, storylines, and they've just set sail for Barovia. Oh, that's man. That, and they've they've left on the mission. They, I didn't think they were going to be so cool with. It. I thought I'd have to have them have a few more encounters to to set up but they went okay i guess we'll leave the harbor master in charge and his vampire daughter will keep an eye on him and we're gonna we're gonna go try to kill strad who made her a vampire so that maybe she won't be one anymore mm-hmm. let's go see if it works and they all hopped on a boat and they sailed off and because into the mists well <laughs> still in the mists i've been i've been playing a little loose and fast with the domains of domain of dread here oh uh, so okay okay barovia is just like a couple hour ride from a port that yeah. is still within the dom- within the, the domain of dread nice so nice. it's still in there and did they start in the domain of dread no like, they actually okay. started at the tavern that indoor blew mm-hmm. up during a test run of my initiative tracker <laughs> um actually it wasn't indoor it was wings wings, wings. i think is the one who blew it up because nice. uh, they were playing a wild mage, mm-hmm. and they did a spell, and then we we did the random surge, and it was like a, a level seven fireball centered on themselves was the magic surge, and it was like, and that's the end of the night. Because all there these second level characters got em- emulated, yeah, as yeah, did yeah. the bar. And so when they started, they started this random little tavern where they're like, we were supposed to meet a guy here for a job. Um hmm that's that's not gonna happen and they mm. they grabbed the first contract poster they could find because they're like well we need a job it's been mm. you know so many months since we've had legitimate work and the the ranger and the the fighter didn't want to go back to a life of crime yeah so they hired on with a caravan and then the caravan got sucked into the into the mist ah gotcha gotcha um and we ended that very first session with them having passed into the mists and stumbled yeah. onto a little, little German-esque hamlet beset, beset by zombies, and they have just been proceeding from one moment of chaos to the next. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love taking old campaigns, particularly if you have like one player who was in the last campaign, and then you, you pull them in and you give them that little, you know, the trail of crumbs and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Well, um, I hadn't planned on it being connected in any way, but I, I, I got RJ, Wings, and Indy to give me a quick hand on a Saturday night or Friday mm-hmm. night to make sure I understood how to work the initiative tracker with players at the table. Mm. And based on that ending, I'm like, well, this is just too cool not to incorporate into the story somewhere. 
Yeah. So uh, I I watched a highlight of yours today, and I I'm digging your layout. You know, you got chat, and you've got you get the dice, and, and mm. you know, it's just a really good, a really you. good layout for a game. Well, um, I think um, on the tips for streaming, I don't know if that we're we're thinking like generic advice today, but my my first yeah. tip on streaming is to remember that you have an audience, mm-hmm. and that's I think one of the trickiest things that transitions between. Um, tabletop and online yeah is that you have to figure out what you want to do with the fact that you you have an audience watching you right right so what do you do to keep them informed visually as well as story-wise to participate and that's a lot of my a lot of my layout process has been how do I get as much stuff in front of a viewer that's been watching for 15 seconds <laughs> yeah 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 well and that's uh, it, it's good to have that that extra info. And now, I mean, there's there's like apps and things. If you particularly if you're using D and D Beyond, you, you know, you can you can literally go over, you know, scroll over, and their character sheets pop out, or their stats and hit points and everything pop out. And then if you click on it, you can go to their actual character sheet and stuff. I'm like, wow, you know, I, oh yeah. I, 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 10 year old me was could not have possibly imagined you know that i could be playing with someone in australia uh you know <laughs> on on any given friday night and we could just like look at each other's character sheets you know oh i think about the number of times i've been to a con and mm-hmm. i've been watching people play and they're like i can tell they're having a great game and they're really into it and there's some really either good out of character like planning or mm-hmm. in character banter and then my curiosity kicks in i'm like ooh, i wonder did he just does he have that one feet and you mm-hmm. don't want to be that guy <laughs> who says hey hey, can i see your character sheet real quick so things like that that overlay with D beyond is a great yeah. way to like indulge an audience member without him having to ask in chat hey does anybody know if jensen took the haunted background and that's why they're doing what they're, it's like take a peek and then come back and ask us about it right uh, yeah oh man yeah the um i don't know i think um you know I, I some of the the generic gm stuff i don't over prep it's it's yeah, yeah. no matter what you plan they're gonna <coughs> they're you know no plan survives contact with the party you know <laughs> And so, so as soon as they touch your plan, it's going to go sideways anyway. So, you know, don't, I minimalize your prep. That's, that's, that's like my number one tip. And, and I know that some people play really good that way. And some people do not play well that way. And it, it's up to your style, but do as much prep as you need to get the session, to be comfortable in the session. But, I can tell you there I'm my my buddy Muddy he used to pull his hair out he, because as soon as we'd get to the table he'd be like the dwarf brings you the scroll that tells you you have inherited the castle on the hill okay yeah we, we're going to go talk to that druid like in the north the, that rumor we heard like 3 sessions ago and we'll get back to this castle thing for you know, some other time and, and Muddy would be like, okay, I prep the castle. 
and that's what we were going to do for the next eight hours. But you guys want to trudge north, you know? <laughs> well, and I think that's the the best part about modern D&D DMing is mm. it is so much easier now to over prep other stuff. So, for example, my Sunday game, I didn't know what they were going to do for their resolution, and they didn't give me a lot of hints this time. The last two storylines, they kind of told me before we went into the last session, mm -hmm. we think we're going to bleh. And I could go, mm. okay, it sounds like you're siding with, you You actually are not siding with the zombie lord. I'm a little surprised. Um, but okay, nice. we, we can go with that. Um, cool. And I can start to plan around that. But this last one, I had no idea what they were going to do. So I like put in my files. Here are five balanced combat encounters using mm -hmm. NPCs they've come across. Whatever yeah. they do, the stuff that involves like the hard planning, how many hit points does it have? How many of them are there to keep it fair and interesting? Yada, yada, yada. Those were all prepped. Yeah. And my story arcs were all ready to go. So it's like I could... I could improv around the characters because I knew I'd written the characters up enough to know, okay, she's going to have, this is her motivation. This is his motivation. This is what he wants to see at the end of the day. I had a whole plan where the, the, one of the two rivals to run the town was going to have a massive council meeting where yeah. he was going to bring all the heads of all the major gangs together and then have them all assassinated <laughs> as his like opening show of force. Like I run this town and here's how, you know, I run it. I, I screwed you all over on my first 10 minutes yeah. and it was all ready to rock and roll. And they went, yeah, we're going to punch him in the face. <laughs> I went like, really? It's like, yeah, we're rolling initiative now. <laughs> okay. We can go that way with this. Um, and he's got to roll with that. But I think what's nice with using not just D and D beyond, and they did this with fourth edition. They made it a lot. E they tried to do it with third three, five had the, um, the, you can't kill me when I didn't plan it. <laughs> yep. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, I've had a couple of like, Hey, we need a five minute break. I gotta go find a CR five creature for this moment. Yeah. Um, and yes, I have taken like troll stat blocks mm. and slapped them on a mayor. Yes. Like he's yeah. supposed to be badass. Mm. So badass CR five monster. <laughs> gotta work. Plot armor. Um, you know <laughs> but um yeah but that's just the kind of thing you, you kind of learn how to roll the three introduced the idea of encounter levels mm -hmm. they started kind of like coming into that sense of like here's how you can kind of see if this encounter is well balanced four had like really hard and fast formulas mm -hmm. you had your xp budget and five is kind of back to that cr and there's so many tools for going okay is this a good combination of monsters that should be a challenge? Uh, I, every, every fight club, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of any of the other ones. This, uh, even the, the encounter creator within D and D beyond, I shoot for deadly. I'm <laughs> always just, I just always shoot for deadly because it seems to be so funky mm -hmm. that, <laughs> That, that if you don't shoot for deadly, they're like, why are you hitting yourself? You, you, you know, I, uh, so. Well, you want to be, I mean, it's, it's weird because with Candlekeep, uh, one of the things that came across last week, they came across to wear rat mm. and it didn't really click in my brain at the time, but the uh, wear rats are immune to normal damage. It's mm. only silvered or magic. 
And but by luck that they had a magic item from the first adventure and they had the spellcaster. Ah. Because those were the only two that could hurt him. Yeah. And I'm like, this this can get really now granted, once again our barbarian librarian rolled for the Dickens and just <laughs> crushed everything in her way. Um, I'm telling you, man, by the time she hits like fourth or fifth level, there ain't gonna be a single late book anywhere in the Forgotten Realms. Well, and I, I think that's the clip I watched where they, yes. one, one of them was totally like, you should just rage all, all the, the time. time. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I, you sh know, I <laughs> should turn that into a sound alert. <laughs> there um, it is. Now that I think of it, now, now that we said like, mm, that's my project tonight. <laughs> Make that nice. a sound alert. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's, it's a trick to balance. Prepping's like one of those. It's it's a weird thing as a teacher, because mm. there's a big thing about well, you gotta write all your lesson plans. You gotta write your lesson plans. And there have been days where I've done some really amazing teaching by walking in, opening the book, and saying, "Oh, I'm teaching the Pythagorean theorem today." Close the book, go up to the board, and like, "All right, guys, mm. we're doing the Pythagorean theorem today. Buckle up." And and I've taught it so many times, and I know where students are going to struggle. I know where they're going to get confused. I can lay it all out. I can bring the kids up to do stuff on the board. And it's like, that's experience. Now, my first couple of years teaching, oh, I had whole outlines written out. I had all these kinds of questions to ask. I had to plan through everything. And I think for like a newer DM, don't be afraid to, to don't be afraid to plan contingencies. And just know that if you don't like planning, don't volunteer to DM. <laughs> 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 um i this is great because me and you i could see are gonna go okay 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 right. what, what are you and thinking that, well because one of the things that uh, that i have always said is um so there's this new game it's mm -hmm. called dwarf romantic and and it's all about placing little tiles and the little tiles all go together and you make little villages and, and railroads and rivers and stuff. My advice to new GMs is everything is modular. The uni oh. Your universe is modular. If you have a big bad bugbear with two dire wolves and half a dozen goblins and he's over here in this cave, well, now he's not because they didn't go to the cave. And if it's what? part of your storyline, you can, he, they run into him on the road. They attack them in the farmhouse that they stay in that night. They, if it's important to the plot, they can be anywhere. Every piece is modular. Or if they go past something, you take that, you take that chunk, that tile, and you set it aside for three adventures down the road. You know, you're like, oh, okay. So those aren't bugbears. They're... It's a fire giant now that they're 10th level, and there's those are hellhounds and uh, fire methods. <clears throat> that same encounter, <laughs> now reskinned, you know, plunk, here's the new bad guy that I wanted to put in that they didn't get to when they were 3rd level, now they're 10th level. Blam. Everything is modular. So you can... You can write scenes or, or just notes about scenes. And as long as there's cohesion between, between things, you're doing okay. One of the things when, 
when I was a much younger dungeon master, I could run four games and I could keep it all straight and I could keep all the connections between all the characters and things good. Yes, I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> I, I now, I, I took a bit from um, a game called Impulse Drive, but they, they have it in a bunch of different games. Um, and what I have now is I have like a disposition sheet and every NPC and every uh, every faction, everything is on this disposition sheet. And I can just, it's an Excel sheet in Google and I can click on the person. And now instead of neutral, they're suspicious. Now they're untrustworthy. Now they're against, now they're hated. You know, and I've got the delineation both ways. Oh, now they're, you know, uh-huh. friendly, blah, 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 bonded, life friends, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So so that I can juggle all that. Um, again, DMing off a computer, I, it, it, it changed everything, you know. Um, do we got stuff in, in chat? It does. But I want to, before we, we get to the question from chat, okay, I want to okay. piggyback on what you just said which is to agree about the modularity of planning Mm. is that uh, I kind of like, I modified our on-screen tip to reflect the fact that like you can, if it's really critical for the storyline that everyone meets a particular person Mm -hmm. and you have them placed at a party in the castle and they'd say, Nope, we're going to the tavern. Mm. Then all you need to do is in however long it takes to get to the tavern and lay the scene in the (laughs) tavern is come up with a reason that that plot hook went to the tavern right that's it and the neat thing is you don't even technically need to do that work because it's only relevant when they ask right and players quite often don't ask those questions they don't really like ping somebody to say hey uh why exactly are you hanging out down here in the lower quarter they're like hmm something's going on this nobles in the lower quarter Hmm. we probably shouldn't ask that will upset them (laughs) And so if you play it really well, you can even get away without answering the question. They're just there for, they're there for plot. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things that you can reskin about locations to get that modularity. Welcome, Eric. Glad to have you hanging out today. The question from the chat for us on DM mm-hmm. Tips is, are you ever afraid to kill a player off? Uh, no. Uh, yes, actually, I'm very afraid of killing off players. Um, I find that that is a criminal offense in most states. So um, I try not to actually harm my players in any way that can be traced back to me on a legal level. Um, have I, Let's recommend that. Are you ever afraid to kill a character off? The balance feels hard if you aren't willing to kill someone off, but maybe let the rest run away. Um, so I... D&D has changed. It has really changed. I mean, we it, red box D&D, there were <laughs> there were times where it was there was a stack of depending on what horrible mon- module we were playing, there would just be a stack of characters. And everyone would come with like five or six characters and you'd shuffle them up and there'd be the stack and when you were dead, you just pulled the next character and that was your new guy. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so yeah, in in those days, no, next, next, <laughs> next, um, and then as time went on, um, it became 
Well, and as time went on, then they, you know, as more mechanics that were introduced, resurrection, um, you know, and and such, where uh, reincarnation, resurrection, that sort of thing, it became it became part of the game. Okay, you know, you want Blackleaf to be alive. Let's let's go. You know, save Blackleaf. We'll take the dust that is him from the beholder. You know, and uh, we'll go have it recreated. Um, and then, as story has become more important, I think it's been become harder to kill off characters. You know, um, you want a character death to mean something. You want a character death to, 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 to be, to be cool. Not Game of Thrones. Junk. Thud. Well, I was yeah. actually about to say, you know, one of the, the great debates in Nerdum is the death of Wash on Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and spoilers too, for too, a fairly too old soon. movie. Um, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> for a movie that's been out. So I'm sorry if you didn't know this, but even without like full spoilers, it just kind of happened not only out of the blue, but in an otherwise we did it mm. moment. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's one of those where as a viewer, I did not enjoy that. Right. I didn't feel it was weird when I was in the theater. Um, I, this is coming back to D and D bear with me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the theater. I stopped caring. Like I had been shipping like every other Firefly plant, Firefly fan, I'd been shipping Simon and Kaylee the whole way through, mm -hmm. uh, and I, all I wanted was to see those two get it on. Mm -hmm. And and I've been and then when this happened, I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. They can die now. They're all gonna die. Mm -hmm. And and it was weird because I think at a game table in a modern setting, mm -hmm. once the first one's down, it's like okay, we're we're all gonna gloriously go into a TP, TPK here. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. There's no need to worry about running away, running away now. We're all dying together. Yeah. The, the TPK spiral, man. Yeah. Oh. Which I think, and the point that Eric brought up is, are you afraid of this? And I think in the modern era, I don't want to um, end up at the table, either as a player or as a DM, where we aren't all on board with that. Right. Well, we're not all invested in this glorious ending. Um, Eric's adding now, um, I'd be sad if my character died, but my son was like, it's okay. I'll just start another class I've been wanting to play. And mm -hmm. I think if your table has that attitude of, right. you know, I've been playing a fighter for three levels. I want to make a fourth level wizard. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And if the players are, are thinking that I'm down with it, I think it's a lot harder when it's random. Yep. Or it's mid-session, or it's the result of bad dice rolls. Because usually in mm -hmm. stories, not counting even counting Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. not many major characters just died because of sheer dumb luck. Right. Um, they usually survive by sheer dumb luck. Right. Uh, case in point, <laughs> Harry Potter taking on a troll. Mm. Uh, he even got points for Gryffindor. Literally, yes. for sheer dumb luck. Those were her exact words. Yeah. Um, but I think that with people that are starting to put more and more energy into fleshing out a character with like the the biffs, the the bonds, and it's bonds, 
flaws and ideals. Ideals. And and saying, look, here's some very specific things that make this character stick out and they help flesh out their attitude about the world. They're not just a race class combo with an alignment tacked on. And the more we do that, the harder it is to go, okay, I guess they're dead now. (laughs) There was so much more story for this character, you know. (laughs) Although, again, I think it it comes down to know your table. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean... We've talked about session zeros and our tips for DMs without being a tip. It's just like a, we have a whole episode dedicated to session zero. And I think this is another one of those looping back to that. If your players are like, no, we want to have a game where if if I roll bad five times in a row, my character dies. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Yep. Okay. I'm down with that. And, and, and yeah, again, the tone, you know, uh, us, us playing here, my youngest was maybe 10 when her first D&D character technically died. Mm. And it was like just a complete weirdness at the table and all this, but I was ready for it. <laughs> How were you ready for it? <laughs> oh, so what I did was I, I was like, uh, as everything goes dark, you see a golden glimmer. Uh, it, it, it begins to form and blossom and bloom like some sort of flower. As, as the golden radiance comes towards you, it, it takes form into this, um, I forget what I said, uh, luminescent being of, of, of springtime energy and i offered her i said okay this is basically an archfey uh archfey spirit who has come to you and says she will save you if you'll take a level in warlock and become her patron and so so yeah so it was a like a big big you know moment like ooh, i get new powers and i get new stuff and cool i still get to be this same character but this is how we're going to continue the story with them um it's one of those where i would in most cases if we were sitting at a table i would i would say to most people you know okay Technically, you're dead. How do you want to play this? You know, do you want to be saved? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? You know, and go from there. That is like, I think the best advice um, I would give anybody as a DM. I'm I'm actually typing this up right now um, for this for the stream. But yeah, that idea of, okay, how do you want to handle this as a player? Mm -hmm. Because some players will say, you know what? I'll roll somebody else. And the next time we can brainstorm some creative way to get me into the game. Yep. Um, which actually kind of piggybacks a little bit on another question Eric brought in, which is, mm. and it kind of piggies on this is what, what do you do when there's a bunch when to get these new characters back onto the table? And like, I think back in the eighties when we had our stack of backup characters, <laughs> we, we didn't think anything passed. Um, well, you look like a trustworthy individual. Would exactly. you like to adventure with us? Why? Yes. Why? Yes, I would. Or the classic, <laughs> "Hi, I am Trabor's brother. I understand he adventured with you. I would like to take up his role in your party." Um, you could call me Trabor too. <laughs> yes. Um, and and you just kind of keep, you know, 
Yes, I. Uh, my name is Ibor. <laughs> yes, uh, and, or and so forth. A, a classic. A classic was, yes. As the last ogre falls, you hear kicking and and a muffled grumble from behind the crates. <laughs> oh look! It is the halfling rogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I mean, that I just pulled off the top of the stack. He's now, you know. You yes. rescued him. Let's let's trust this prisoner that we found bound and tied in this dungeon. Let's give him a full set of weapons and armor so that they can do their part as we continue to adventure. Um, oh my, look in this barrel. It seems to be your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, it, it works really well. I mean, you can do a lot, but the idea of, of letting the player have some agent, the player have some agency over how vested they are. Mm-hmm. And and things like I can see some players reacting to the no no I'm not taking a level of warlock my character's just dead yep. and and not because they want to be dead but they don't like that option yeah they're like I don't think my character ever would accept and sometimes players will surprise you minor tangent I was playing with LB actually mm. and they were trying to get back to a castle as fast as they could with news and they came across a, a, a dryad. Mm. who said i can i can take you through the trees we can be there in a day yeah you know i can this this journey that should be two weeks we can do it in an hour and they're like sweet let's go and and then lb goes well what's the cost and the 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 dryad looked and goes i want the color of your eyes Mm. and and she looked at me and went so what's that mean i'm like that means you'll have gray eyes your character will permanently have gray eyes and she's like "Mm, pass Mm -hmm. now part of me was like what like this is like um this is this is gonna be great for the party it's not i mean it's kind of a big deal but it's like ooh, the sacrifice you're making and you'll have this neat character quirk for the rest of your character's life i'm like but you're not taking it (laughs) really (laughs) okay and then i was like scrambling like well she turned that one down i can't think anything else i take from because i was really like Mm. tied on the dryad wanted to to like take something that people pride as payment and i'm like i can't think of anything i can hit these guys up for at this point they're likely to say yes to so screw it right drag goes back to the tree you're on your own (laughs) good luck adventurers i'm out drops the mic (laughs) (laughs) but you know again it comes down to that some players will be really into i mean it's, it's a player thing and i think that's a big change like you said over the years Mm-hmm. where there's so much more emphasis on the player agency at the table compared to what there used to be years ago. We were just actually just talking about, I was because I wasn't working today because I was giving a test. And traditionally when I give tests, I surf the internet and, mm-hmm. and watch the students take the test. Um, I was on the forums and somebody was talking about, they wanted to have an encounter where the players were wiped out at the end. Mm. They wanted a TP, they want a forced TPK and yeah. then the players come to imprisoned by the big bad evil guy. Right. He's like, how do I do this without them feeling like I railroaded them? And we yeah. all kind of went, you can't. Right. <laughs> You're, they're going to feel railroaded. Mm-hmm. And that guy's talking about TPKs. And one thing I put out is that I think worse than having your character die is having to have NPCs keep your character alive. Yeah, or the 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 famous like you just said earlier, the last stand. Yes, you know, rather than lose our stuff, 
we we will die on this hill. <laughs> so let me let me pitch my solution to you in chat, and you guys mm. tell me what you think of it. Or gals, whoever's here. Mm-hmm. Wave one. Mostly an overwhelming battle, but one with good dice rolling and good tactics, they can, they can win. Mm-hmm. So, ten guards. Yeah. If they survive it, and, it, and they should know going in, like, if they lose it, it's probably from bad dice rolls and bad choices. Yeah. Um, wave two. Now they're really outclassed. Yeah. And they're going to either they have to run, but maybe they can't now because they're too in too deep and they're fighting it out to the very bitter end. Maybe one goes down. They're like, no, we got, we got the last of the guards. Then wave three shows up Mm -hmm. and in initiative order, you tell them this is your last stand. Yeah. You are going to go down now. Initiative 20. What do you do for your last stand? Yeah. Okay, initiative 15. What do you do for your last stand? And come on, bring it. Mm-hmm. And if they do a great job, you can do things like say, okay, make a mark on your character sheet. Next session, you start with inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, when we get to like the aftermath, there's the NPCs will be reacting with like, I don't like you, but I respect that you fought bitterly to the end. <laughs> or, you know... I can really, you know, I didn't think it would take the third battalion to bring you guys to heal. We're going to keep you in extra security because you're dangerous to us. Yeah. Like, let the players have a little bit of an upswing for like, yeah, we lost, but dang, we we took a lot of them with us. Right. And like, feed a little bit of that ego of like, yeah, you guys did pretty well, all things considered. You were, you were going to lose. Yep. But that last wave, it cannot be... There's no dice. Dice should not be part of that last stand. It should just right. be a, you're going to go down, do something epically fun with it. Right. There are no rules. You want to kill eight guards on your way down? I'm totally cool with you doing that. <laughs> just make it sound cool for everyone else at the table while you do this. Yeah. You know? Uh, the, um, uh, and I have, I have done in the past, uh, in olden times, uh, where it has been, you know, TPK and done the, you wake up in a cave, you know, bound your equipment in bags over there, you know, kind of thing. Or, you know, you, you've, uh, you know, you wake up chained to a wall in the dungeon kind of thing. But that's all stuff that nowadays you would, you would want the player agency about, or you would want to do it in a session zero or as the last one goes down say was that your guys's last stand do you do you want to continue with these characters here's some options i might have i like that you, you know uh and some of the options could be you are captured you are sold to you know slavers a band of x actually saved you you know the uh-huh. the elven rangers appeared at the at the last moment and killed everyone all the bad guys and you know resuscitated you you know that that sort of stuff and for uh, some players that the elves that they made friends with three adventures mm-hmm. ago showing up to save their hides at the last second is mm-hmm. almost a fate as bad as character death <laughs> when you think about it i mean so it, it it makes some sense within some stories but it's still like we lost we only won because you want to keep the story going and we don't want to make new characters. Right. 
and I can see that, but how many shows have you seen that end on that cliffhanger of, you know, we got you, and then everything goes black, you mm-hmm. know, or, or you know, the, the building explodes, and, you know, you're, going, you're like, did okay, they? what? Did and then... They? That's why I was like, okay, you know, in that case, you know, the tavern, you know, gets hit by the earthquake spell and the earthquake spell happened to, you know, be the the last thing that killed everyone or the dragon breath. And then, you know, oh, you all wake up in the aftermath underneath as you all went fell down into the cellar as the building collapsed on you, you know, la la la. And again give them the option to play it one way or another because like i said oh my god so many parties over the year you know we're like (laughs) we would rather die than lose our things and i'm just like okay um what i have taken to nowadays is when an encounter is going bad or they've made bad choices and i'm like okay uh wizard give me a you know an intelligent saving throw <laughs> or i'll just say what's your you know uh passive investigation and then i'll slide them a note that says you can not win this encounter <laughs> and i just give them that note and i'm like please role play it well and if that <laughs> they, if they get it and they they like Mah! <clears throat> i go cleric <laughs> with your perception mm-hmm. you cannot win this yep. encounter <laughs> you know and try to steer them away from it and you know so would we do death saves for our epic last stands eric is asking mm-hmm. i think i think if i go into cinematic narration nobody's mm-hmm. touching dice yeah i think if someone has gone down and it's been an epic fight it's time to make some death saves. Mm. And if they run out, then it's like, okay, your character died. Now we need a plan. Um, but you get some warnings. Um, mm-hmm. Because you get the, the opportunity to say, okay, let's, um, you know, you're on your first death save unless you roll a natural one, which 95% of the time they won't. Right. Um, and if they do, like one death save in, they roll a natural one. We all kind of go, well, that's horrible luck, but sometimes that's the way it rolls. You can even like on death save two. That's when you kick in the, the NPC rescue that rubs a little salt in the wound, <laughs> um, as it were. Um, a fair question: How does someone roll perception lower than their passive? Okay, my out to that is there are times I can find things when I need to pick them up, but the minute I st- like if I go to leave the house, I can find my keys as long as I'm not thinking about where my keys are. But the minute I'm like, crap, where did I leave my keys? It could take me half an hour. So, so sometimes when you're actively looking for things, you miss them. That that's a that's a great way to explain it. I I it, for me, I I would say that it's well if they if if the check is below their passive, they shouldn't be touching the dice anyway. True. That's that's sort of what I would say about that, and then if yeah yeah i would just say that if it's there they should just see it although have and, you ever seen someone whatever. looking up so desperately trying to spot a particular bird that they walk into a tree 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like some sometimes yeah. you just bomb your perception. Well, and that's I, I love playing like horrendously low wisdom characters. Love it. And so, yeah, so I constantly am like, you know, uh, again, I'm the 18 intelligence wizard. So I'm reading a book in the dungeon as I walk into the bugbear in front of me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Looking for traps. So you so hard. You trip on a stone. Yes. 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 But I think yeah. that if you're going to narrate a character's end, that's mm -hmm. the moment the dice come off the table. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes down to talking to the players, maybe even calling like a break. If you're like at a table to say, you know what, let's take a, let's take a five. I just want to sit down here with Gray and have a conversation. Cause I wasn't, and here's, here's the thing I'm not afraid to say to players. I wasn't ready for blah. I want a chance to talk to, to Gray and figure out how we want to handle this. I use the full jar, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and make a plan accordingly. Um, just to have a chance to kind of tell so, my son just came down to check to see what, if he should, how we should cook dinner. Great to have you hanging out, Eric. Hopefully we got some of your questions in here and the rest of the show will be up on YouTube later or on the podcast platform of your choice. Don't forget to leave a review. Um, if I can find you later, we'll send you, thank you for the biddies. We will send you a lantern noir sticker in the shape of a rainbow D 20. So yeah, they're supposed to be coming this week. So you know, just as a little thank you from the two of us. Uh, we might even have them autographed. I'm not sure if we, we'll talk later about if we can work that out. Um, <laughs> I don't even have one yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole different thing for later on um, in, the, in the coming <laughs> plans. But where are we going? Okay. So we know to do your checks, um, narrations, no dice. Um, what are some other important like opening tips? So this is like our first volume of DM tipping. Yeah, it was what else a, were you a, thinking as like the big opening stuff that you should be thinking yeah. of as a new DM? Don't don't, don't over plan. Everything is modular. Um, talk to the players. Uh, death is death is big. Oh, great hat! Thank you. I I, I can't wear hats. I look. I my my big solid face always makes me look like like a, you know pinhead um this is, this is my arkham horror she walked into the office looking like more trouble than i had had in three bottles of whiskey that didn't stop me from giving her a seat and asking her how i could help her she lit a cigarette with the kind of casualness that one might step on a bug or tell the cabbie that he's not getting a tip i knew this dame was going to be trouble from that moment on um, the uh I just saw a uh, preview for a game called Chicken Police, and it's a it's a noir thing. It's all black and white, and but all the people have animal heads, and and it's it's a story type. It looks like a story type game, so uh, looks good. Cool. Um, <laughs> it's like wearing tiny hats. Tiny hats. You look like a duck. This is one of my good ones. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird when I go to leave the house. I have to come down to my computer station <laughs> to find mm. my hats because I keep them all down here at the computer. Now. Oh, I've got a pile of them. It's just like I said, every time I put one on, I laugh at myself because I don't know what I look like in hats generally. But when I'm streaming, I pop hats on and then and then get a laugh out of myself. Anyway, um, yeah, so those are those are the big ones for uh, 
I think, you know, how to get around your TPKs or how to uh, how to mitigate those situations. Um, You know, just kind of say, guys, you're losing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, is this your last stand or are you going to try to get out of here or do you want to be end up? You know, like I said, you want to end up prisoners? Do you want to end up, you know, say Deus Ex Machina saved by, you know, the Halfling Brewers Guild that you, you know, you you found their mead for them? Or, you know, what do you want to do here? Well, there's a, a so. lot you can do. And thank you, Ear, for, for gifting this up. We appreciate your support. Oh, um, it is awesome that you're doing that. Um, <laughs> hit it. All right. Hold uh, on. Uh, we have a sub sound. A second so. sub sound. When uh, when I'm on a show and and the the people are uh, 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 allow me to do it, I take this mallet and I hit that guy in the face. Oh, that one was dud. Here, I'll give you a second one. There we go. There we go. Um, I also think that there's room to when you're if you're gonna do a day smoxina like mm-hmm. rescue. You can hint that it's on the horizon. Like, if you can hold out for one more turn. Yeah. Um, if you can hold out. And it also gives the players a chance to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hold out for one turn till the uh, Halfling Brewers Guild gets here. Or they can go, well, screw it. We're not going to have Halflings save our asses. <laughs> um, we got to come up with a better plan because I'm not cool with this. Or even like, you know, hey, Rob, no. We we're not cool with that either. Like if you players <laughs> trust you enough to be honest, we like Rob. We we'd really rather just die. <laughs> you know, there's there's. I've been wanting to play a pirate for a while now, so uh, we're gonna. <laughs> we're we're okay with that. Yeah, there's a lot of room to have those conversations. What else is really handy on the tips front? Um, mm. I found I'm gonna link it in the chat. Um, a website, and I I've mentioned it before, and you've seen it. We were talking earlier about my stream layout. Mm. Um. And I'm going to definitely um, reference this oh, yeah. again and again. This yeah, website yeah. is called improved, improved-initiative.com. And it's uh, put together by this programmer who has, who has brought in all of these um, various, uh, all the open sourced parts of Dungeons and & Dragons. And here, thank you for an additional gift sub. We, we really do appreciate your support. Bonk it again. All right, all right. You got to bonk it again. We, we can always save them for later if they get nope. to be too many. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, a programmer, you said, yes. Um, and what, what's neat with it is that he's put this together in a way that it tracks the initiative order. It has mm-hmm. all of their stats. So as a DM, you're, you, you just click to roll. Like, mm-hmm. I never touch dice. I just go to my initiative tracker. I'm like, oh, it's attacking? Click. And it does the roll for me. It even has, I discovered... Constant built-in concentration checks. Ah, so if I ace. tag that one of my players is concentrating on a spell, and then yeah. I assign them damage, it pops up to say, "Don't forget, they need to make a concentration check of DC 12." Um, that's incredible. It'll auto roll <laughs> it too, but I've like always turned to the players and say, "Well, yeah, it auto roll, but you probably want to uh, <laughs> to roll yourself um, and not tell them what the roll outcome was." Or give them the chances to accept it. But the best part about it is it's an easy way for me without having to maintain a, a physical battle board mm-hmm. to have a board in front of them where they can see everything they're fighting and how they're doing because yeah. it will show wounded or so it shows hurt, healthy, hurt, bloodied, 
healthy, hurt, and bloodied. Yeah. So if they're savvy, they're like, okay, we did around 20 points of damage to get it to bloodied. Yeah. It's got to be around 40-some hit points overall. We're out of spell slots. Eh. <laughs> um, and they can make some more informed decisions. Whereas in the old days, we used to like turn around to a marker board and have to like write, or we have paper we were passing in front of, or if your players weren't on top of things, every once in a while they'd stop the action and go, wait, 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 how many are there? Where are they? And what are their states? Yeah. Or like I saw one guy was doing this for fourth edition. He had flags. Yeah. He would stick into a cork board base under the minis. Nice. And he'd cut the minis to stand on one inch squares. Right, right. For the battle board. And he just stick all these little flags in. So when they got bloodied, they get a little bloodied flag. Yeah. The um so and this is a, a, a good tip if you're playing at a tabletop. One of the things that I started doing is uh generally we'll have a battle mat out no matter what's going on, even if we're not using it. And then I have the players like now that I have an encounter tracker or, you know, some of the apps and I DM off my computer um, that it won't be as necessary. But for a while, what I had them do is add up the damage. Mm-hmm. So they would keep track of the damage and they'd be like, oh, my God, we've done 80 hit points on this thing. Oh, it, how's it looking? You know, and it would be a visual representation that they could all look down on the battle board where the markers, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, written at and uh, and stuff. So it would be a much better visual representation for them. Um, even if, like I said, even if it, we weren't using actual minis at the time, they, they would still have a better idea of how things are looking. Well, it, it's neat, too, because... Um... A lot of these trackers, there's there's one built into D&D Beyond, which I think has a player view. Mm. What I really like about the initiative, the improved initiative is it has a player view. That yeah. they have their phone. You're, here's, the, here's a fact, folks. You are never going to get your players to put their phones in a basket and stick it in the other room. It's not going to happen. It's you'll, you'll get their car keys before you will get their phone. <laughs> Let's Let's be honest with each other. We sh- I sh- people show up to a game of D and am like, we're going to drink while we play. Here's a basket for your car keys. That thing is filled in ten seconds flat. I say, oh yeah, and I want you to focus on the game. Here's a basket for your cell phones. I am going to get number of players plus three excuses why phones cannot be put in a basket. And that's that's just the way it works. Um, uh, for instance. Uh, I am a 365 24-7 employee. I cannot put my phone in a basket. Oh, I yeah. have to respond if if they call. Yeah, so. I, my students give me a hard time because they're expected to put their phones in the caddy during mm-hmm. class. They say, well, you have your phone. Yes, I also have two children, both of which are at school, and I'm a primary <laughs> contact. If one of them gets sick or hurt or killed, yep. I have to answer my phone immediately. <laughs> What's your excuse? And I want to go... Well, I have a kid and he's in, you know, elementary school. It's like, okay, you can keep your phone today, but I am going to follow up on that just to see if there's any way I can support a, a young father who's trying to get through high school. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, uh, yes, I will absolutely call your mother and ask how I can help. 
Uh, oh, how, how I can help uh, you and and her grandson. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly the phone ends up in the caddy at that point. Um, hanging out different kinds of counters. At, that's another good one. Giving them like, oh, you did some damage. Here's a thing to have. Uh, and I think we hit this up on something else. Uh, uh-huh. uh, but we we use poker chips for our uh-huh. spell slots and our spell levels. So there's different oh. poker chips. And then they just spend them as slots. And um, for inspiration, I have little gold little gold bars from a game that mm-hmm. I no longer own the game, but I still have the little gold bars. <laughs> so if they have inspiration, I give them one of these little gold bars because as players, they forget they have inspiration. But if you look down at your, you know, at the table and amongst your dice, there's this little gold bar. They're going to go <gasps> inspiration. <laughs> I get to roll again. And that's, exactly. and that's what it comes to it. It's not so much. I want to roll with advantage. It's a, uh, I want to roll again. Can I? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about the cell phone is that the improved initiative tracker has a player view they can open on their phones. Yeah. And if you, I, I'm not, I get no money from him. <laughs> but but you should. If you I mean, subscribe um... at the Patreon level, which is like five bucks a month, you your players can make suggestions on the player view. So they can mm. do things like assign damage. They can tag monsters. And they can put like a tag on the monster that says something like targeted by or tag themselves. I'm targeting so-and-so. Um, yeah. And then you as the DM can modify whether or not you accept all of that. I'm pretty sure he's not paying me. Um, <laughs> I need to work on that. <laughs> um, but it's one of those where he's not the only person who's done this. He's the one I found that I like the most and, and incorporated in my layout. Plus, again, if you pay for the Patreon, when a player's turn comes up, the splash screen shows up with whose turn it is. Nice. So, like, if they all have their phones out in front of them while they're playing, so they got their phone out, and all of a sudden, blam, they see their character portrait pop up. It's like, oh, crap, it's my turn. Because mm-hmm. um, there, there's my face. I got to right. go. And I think this kind of bridges into the do a little bit of homework and find some good tech. Yeah. There's so many problems that, that you and I over the years have struggled through by going, I found a way to use sticky notes and I keep a pad about yay thick because I go through a hundred of them in a the game. Exactly. They're out there technology wise that are way easier than what we used to do. Yes. Um, yes. And- the, the whiteboards, the chalkboards, the, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, oh my goodness. We, uh, again, magic MTG, mm-hmm. the, the magic, the gathering counters. Yeah. Here's your hit points, boys everybody had like a baggie of the little stones, you yep. know, that were their hit points and they would bloop, 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 yep. count them off. And instead uh, of, instead of, you know, a, a, <laughs> a smeared onion paper, thin spot where their hit points are on their character sheet, you know, cause, cause they've erased it and rewritten it so many times. Okay. <laughs> so to kind of wind down our talk about tips, Obicon hmm. made, has made the point that the, the time of easily played D&D is nigh. Mm. Um, I I think in, in many ways, yeah, I, I have to completely agree. Um, we are, I mean, well, depending on what you mean by is nigh, sometimes I get confused as to the intention. Mm. I I look at it as um, we, are, we are in a renaissance where the mechanics of playing an RPG are so simplified. Mm-hmm. Not just because the books are being written in a way to make it easier, because let's be honest, we started this podcast slash stream because we were both like chatting up the kids about how to calculate Thacko and what to do with it and why it was a good idea. 
we were both like defending this archaic system that we couldn't explain to people. <laughs> it's a chart on your character sheet and yeah. it goes zero to 10 and to negative 10. There it is. <laughs> wait, wait, a lower armor class is better? Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and it's like the mechanics are simpler, but what I really like is that like my Wednesday night game, Jesse, I adore her deeply, hasn't played D&D since college, and she's, that's ten, a few years for her. Excuse me, Lenarius has never played a tabletop RPG. Right, right. Um, Molly is a casual player, and then Tiffany and I are both kind of veterans, but there, there is no bar to get to get people in. It's like, here's your character, yeah. she on D&D Beyond, you want to do a thing, click the thing, and, mm -hmm. and off we go. Um, I appreciate the hydrate. I do need to keep my water coming in. Um, I'm almost done with my moonshine. Mm. I don't have any real hydration today. Well, then hydrate with the other stuff. All right, that's fine. That'd That'll work out one. just fine. Um, we appreciate the reminders. But I do think there's there's so much you can do to make things easier. Um, you barely have to do math anymore. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, and that's... Well, go ahead. Um, so, uh, my, my oldest daughter had, had cancer and because of the cancer, she had, uh, four consecutive strokes. And so she has some immediate, um, uh, memory damage and, um, she, she loves a uh, hero forge. She loves D and D beyond. If she had to do make characters on a sheet of paper, it would take her hours to create uh -huh. a character and she's probably got like 30 characters because this tool makes it viable for her to do that otherwise it would be it would be a a, a craft a creative thing she would want to do that she would have to struggle and get frustrated with and probably would give up on you know so i really yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying, they, 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 amazing tools. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad they're out there. Well, and, and real quick, we could talk more about this in our next DM tips phase. Because mm -hmm. um, we're kind of onto the, we're onto the email section. We're bleeding ah, into emails. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, and that is like Hero Forge is my go to for new players that are at all hesitant. Mm. I point them at Hero Forge and say, play around until you like what you're looking at and then send me a picture of it and I'll tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> and and that's how my daughter's first character was a tiefling uh, warlock. Is she put this thing on paper and she said, this is what I want to do. And I looked at it like, well, okay, obviously it's a tiefling because it's got the horns and the, and everything. Okay, cool. And she's holding like this skull flame. Okay. That says warlock way more than it says sorcerer. <laughs> okay let's do it um and and we kind of went with it um we do have some email to get to well not email we have a pinned question that was off topic and oh, i fine. promised yeah. ear that we would get to it okay um in our off topic section so we're rounding down the conversation about DD tips volume one uh we do welcome your emails to oldtimertavern at gmail.com you can email us a question for future shows there you can also find uh myself at Lantern Noir on the Twitters, and you can also go to at Greybeard Tavern. Uh, no possessive S's in it. Nope. Uh, if you want to hit great or hit both of us, mm -hmm. 
we're, we're happy with that. So you can hit us on the Twitters. You can also email us, um, and we will absolutely talk about whatever you have to say on our, our future shows um, in the email off-topic question section. And the question was, uh, referencing streaming games, how long does it typically take for players to go from I'm showing up in my plain clothes to I'm showing up in cosplay? <laughs> uh, totally depends on the players. Because if they are coming from a more cosplay theme or th you know thinking, if they're if they're a critter and they're coming from Critical Role, they are gonna be like, <gasps> I get to wear my cloak and my you know my antlers or whatever. And so yeah, session one makeup done, clothes you know the whole shebang and then it will get more refined as the time goes on or you have the guys who've been playing since middle school and they show up in a ball cap and a sweatshirt to every session and then all of a sudden everyone around them is in costumes and whatnot and then they're like fine and then they finally get a wizard staff and then maybe <laughs> maybe a tunic a tabard or tunic uh -huh. that they can Eventually. wear to at least look like they're in character mm -hmm. um and that's and that's a tough spot i actually i feel bad i had planned to cosplay yeah. with my my players by breaking up my reenacting clothes mm. so i have i have like a full set of 18th century garments mm -hmm. from back when i did reenacting before kaylee was born mm -hmm. um and I found my shirt, I found my waistcoat, I found my cravat, I got the mm. shirt on, and I, I got the waistcoat buttoned. <laughs> but I couldn't breathe. Right. Okay, next up, initiative, <laughs> roll for the initiative. Um, <laughs> but I think it, 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 I think it speaks a lot, though, to the addition of, depends on how you want to define gain into character. If by into character, we define it as cosplaying while we are playing. I think that that's very much an artifact of streaming games and the knowledge that we are doing a combination audio video medium. Yes. Whereas, cause I remember back when I was in college, we had a friend who bought a dress mm. and, and we said, where are you going to wear this dress? This dress really isn't you. And her yeah. answer was no, but my character would wear it. Right. And at the time we were petty 20 somethings. We all kind of mm -hmm. like snickered behind our hands. Like, well, that's taken it a little far. Yeah. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we got involved in live action gaming mm -hmm. where you were expected to dress yeah. the part of your character. And we really did start shopping for clothes mm -hmm. for our characters. Yeah. Um, or at least going well, through our closets going, hmm, what would work if I were, hmm, okay, I'm going to wear that. Uh, the um, So there are four crates of <laughs> costuming sca uh reenactment and larping clothes mm -hmm. i have a rack over there that is all like game game stuff or whatever that i've had out um and then we all know i have more props than than need to be you know like here i was playing in a, a future game and here is my tactical vest uh, I got my old gambeson, the quilted quilted Under Armour. Oh, nice for for my my suit of leather back there from 
you know, SCA fighting. Um, Back in the day. You know, yeah. You know, so yeah yeah costuming is fun i think i think traditionally dressing up to sit at a game table at somebody's dining at somebody's dining room mm-hmm. is still a little bit not many people go that far right i think when you're talking about um conventions mm-hmm. and i think when you're talking about streaming yes and obviously when you're talking larping costuming starts to move up yeah. now i I think the point to which we're invested in, like we have a story and we have a character and we have a voice for the character. Mm-hmm. Again, that varies a lot by the player because some players sit down and they have a voice, not just a literal accent, but a, like I, when I speak with, um, when I'm speaking as my character, you know who my character is because they don't talk like I do. <laughs> and some people do that from day one. And some people kind of ease into that. Well, you know, I'm talking like my character because haven't you right. noticed over this time I've developed him as having this kind of attitude toward things. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, the last Gen Con we went to, we, we all, we had, we never cosplayed it on our stream, but we loved the characters so much that we put, cosplay costumes together for gen con so that we could walk around one on saturday on the big you know costume day Mm -hmm. we could walk around gen con as our characters from the campaign we were in and and it was it was great it was just a great great day i'm i'm gonna be stumbled because i don't think gen con 2021 Mm -hmm. is going to be the big thing um but I'm going to have to start to think because if my Wednesday night group keeps going, they are absolutely going to show up at Gen Con in costume. Like, that's just a done deal. And it's like, what does the Dungeon Master wear? <laughs> You'll have to get a new uh, new garb, uh, set of garb. Either that I was going to dress up as, as, as Steven the Guard. Nah. Because he's so, he is so far my favorite NPC I've created in, in an incredibly <laughs> long time. And I just like giving a voice. To, to them guards that they just, it's just not right that most of the time you get a job and, and nobody like even learns your name. You're just the guard on the Northwest Tower. And that's, you know, I got a wife. I got two kids. We have three cats. But no, no, I'm just, I'm just guard number seven to most people around here. Guard at the gate told me. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I had a name. It's not mine. But they all call me Roger, and I guess I respond to it because it's better than just looking confused. (laughs) So I just I love giving voice to that guy (laughs) because it's one of those unspoken things in in the 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 thing it like. um, So uh, me and uh, my oldest daughter have been playing a solo campaign just with her. And we've been playing all these kind of cutesy modules. So like every game, she's picking up like a new pet or something. So like in the last one, she picked up a mimic that is now her pet because she fed it. And so, you know, it's just great to be like, (laughs) so it acts like a dog, you know, Mm -hmm. like it gives this big tongue and they, 
were doing this weird thing where they were pulling a, a sleigh basically and the thing the the mimic was leaning out the side you know with its tongue flapping in the wind and you know that that kind of thing so that's all all kinds of good goodness I, I the think... garden skyrim <laughs> very very nice uh obi-con yeah <laughs> but well it's it's funny we my son dropped that one on us uh mm. I don't remember what the context was that he dropped it. We were talking about doing ski patrol as part of his his skiing. And he's mm. like, well, I, I always wanted to do ski patrol, but then I took a snowball to the knee. <laughs> and we all there was this moment where like we all looked at each other. Did he just did he just drop his first <laughs> nerd joke? Yeah. Like that's a exactly. that's a deep cut. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> hey non dairy, welcome aboard. Um mm-hmm. but I do think that investment is such a weird thing to measure when it comes to the look of it my i love my sunday gamers Mm -hmm. i don't think if i were to say i'd like you guys to dress up for the stream they're going to want to but it also kind of leans into the i've had so many many people tell me i want to get into dungeons and dragons but i don't think i can Hmm. and like and they'll say things like i don't think i could learn the rules i don't think i could keep up with it I don't think I could understand what's happening. And I like the idea of on a stream showing an audience people in costume because it's yeah. fun to watch. I mean, it's kind of neat to see Jesse all blued like her Jasani and 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 um Lenarius with the the elf ears and her her kimono as as her monk. Yeah. At the same time, it's like but that's not a barrier and you don't have to dress up. It, if you no. just want to sit around the ta- the dining room table and crack open a bottle of wine and and play, that's perfectly valid, and it can yeah. be a lot of fun. Shelley Mazenoble, um, who is the author of Confessions of a Part Time Sorceress, mm. she was a writer. I think she still is a writer for Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, um, and that Part Time Sorceress is a great little book about teaching her about about being a non gamer, learning to play fourth edition i think it may have been three five it's been a while yeah um since that edition but she literally when she started working at watsi she had she figured she had to learn to play D- dungeons and dragons because she was writing it <laughs> right so she called a bunch of girlfriends up cracked open a couple bottles of wine hung out for like an hour and then she went and locked the door and said you all are playing dungeons and dragons tonight <laughs> and that's the cost to get out of here right 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 and <laughs> It's one of those where it's like it's a great little anecdote about anybody, even if they even want to play, can figure right. it out enough to get through a night. Yeah. And they ended up turning, I believe, they ended up turning into a gaming group for a while. Well, and that's that's what I always say when anybody uh, ever, you know, is is doubtful or whatever. I'm... I, I, I will go back to a line that we have used uh, that we have, have come from two directions on before. Just think about what's around you, ask questions, and do what your character would do. You know, just say it, and if it can be done, we'll, we'll go with it. But you don't worry about what's on the sheet and what's happening. We we all know the other, you know, five of us at the table or whatever. We all know which dice to roll and what rules to look up. And hell, here, look, my book is so crimped 
with page 75 because that's where all the hit tables are at you know <laughs> you know mm -hmm. don't worry about any of that just say what you want to do and, and 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 we'll run with it we'll figure it um, out yep we will absolutely figure it out um we are we're close to time where we need to get in our cars and head home mm -hmm. um or i need to get the the girl at the bar to bring me a coffee before i get in my car mm -hmm. um what have you got coming up in the next uh, seven days of interest to people? Uh, so um, I have Thursday night playing masks over on Indoor Adventures. On Sunday morning, I have uh, I'm playing. I'll, I'll be uh, playing on my channel, Graybeard Tavern, on Twitch, where uh, again, like I said, we we play with toys and and whatever the game is i've got props for um and uh and then i'm back here on tuesday but the next week is the 28th over on wednesday we'll be at uh months doing our once a month monster noir gamely wrote uh and it's an, a completely improv game over on indoor adventures that's that's it all i got for me gb cool cool uh, tomorrow night, I should be I should be on uh, 7.30 Eastern Daylight Time-ish. We're going to be finishing our second adventure in Candlekeep Adventures, which that group is just going gangbusters, and it's mm -hmm. fun. And we're just we're trying to get Lenargus to the level where she can say, I want to do this thing, and I don't say, that'll look awesome in three levels. <laughs> um, because I do that with alarming regularity, and I feel terrible doing it. Because right. they're like, oh, I want to do a double arrow shot. Mm, you mm. don't get two attacks per round yet. Right. Sorry. You can do two arrows, but it only counts as one attack. Right. And and so that's Wednesday night. And then Sunday night, I start my Curse of Strahd game. Oh. So they're officially walking into Barovia going, okay, now what? Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm feverishly trying to prep for that. Um, <laughs> and so that's where that's going to be at. And I'll, I'll probably be on maybe one. That I, I no longer have Friday nights on my stream schedule. Mm -hmm. um, I might do bonus streams on Friday, but I thought I had to give myself at least one night off, uh, one more night off um, in all of this and um, and kind of see where that all pans out. If you are listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, please consider leaving a review. It's a great way for people to find um, the show and to participate in um, help, you know, kind of help the show get out there so more people can come either listen to a live taping or send us emails or be part of this this process. And yes, actually, Obicon, uh, that Sunday night game that's becoming Curse of Strahd, that is the game with Nebula. So Nebula Gaming is one of my other players. Um, I'm really lucky that I have a lot of amazing people that want to play D&D &D with me, mm -hmm. um, which I am an incredibly lucky soul because they are great people uh, between Nebula, Lenarius, Jesse, um, Molly Berry, Azteki, and all my, my personal friends that, that kind of fill the party out. Yeah. I'm incredibly lucky. Um, any parting thoughts for our podcast listeners today? Mm. Mm. Uh, hey, grab some dice, grab some books, grab some friends. Don't be afraid to DM. It's not as hard as you think. If if you screw something up, be, just know that you'll laugh with your friends and it'll be a good time. And on that note, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our show. We appreciate you. And until the next time we all get together at a game table, please stay safe. <laughs>